Welcome to The Story Tinker, a place for in-depth analysis of stories, including Midnight Poppyland, Purple Hyacinth, and more. Co-hosted by sharp, witty, and dare I say, thirsty fans, we dive deep into every episode, analyzing character, relationship development, and plot theories. You can follow The Story Tinker on all podcast platforms and videos of most episodes on YouTube. You can also follow The Story Tinker on Instagram and Facebook. If you'd like weekly bonus content, sneak peeks, and more, you can support The Story Tinker on Patreon. Thanks for listening to The Story Tinker, and let's get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 94 of the Purple Hyacinth Podcast, Factory Facade, and we are with Meg and Floop. Hello! Hello. And as always, we're super excited. Um, <laughs> I, we always say that, but we always are, so, oh well. <laughs> it's sincere. Yeah. So we ended off last podcast, um, last episode was beyond amazing with the connection between Lauren and Kieran. And we were all like wondering, we we're like, okay, is it going to be a Loki episode? Is it going to be a Kiwi episode? Um, and we got Loki. So factory facade should give the, the hint right away. We open up with gray stormy skies and we have radio slash satellite towers. And it looks like it's over the Arpolis Police Department. When I first saw this, I didn't know which building it was, but now it makes sense. It's the police department. And I did kind of want to, I did not look up. I was wondering like, when was this stuff invented? doesn't really matter. It's not like one time period, but it was kind of interesting. And like, oh, did they exist? And we have this um, radio operator. He's looking out the window. There's debris flying around. Um, clearly it's storming. It's whoosh. And Herman opens up the door and he says to this operator who's standing in front of this equipment sitting, he says, how are the radio transmission faring? And when um, when when we first saw this, we were like, well, what's going on? We came up with this whole theory about Herman. But basically, I realized it's actually just Herman with the APD, <laughs> just monitoring his work stuff. And this guy says, overall, the signal's been clear, sir, a bit patchy now and then. And the guy, who is this person? Somebody, yeah, Amelia, was talking about, she said, is this the guy from episode, like, 14-ish, when, um, when, when Loon does their first mission? And they capture, I think, like Trevor. There's a guy in the office who reacts and he's like, oh, Loon, is it two men? And it looks a lot like him. It just has a beard. So it looks exactly like him. So either this guy shaved and it's the same guy um, or it's just a random guy. But she was giving a whole theory. So keep in mind, maybe this guy is significant. <laughs> and Or maybe not. And Herman says, all right, then. He says, I'll be sure to adjust the rooftop equipment in case the wind knocks it loose. Keep me posted. It looks like it'll be a storm tonight, says Herman. And woo, more fushes. So we're going to understand more about this, I think, by the end of the chapter. But yes, there's a storm. Equipment is likely to be knocked down. Lines of communication are probably not going to be working. We can predict some bad results from this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like you, Mindy, I was a little bit surprised to see the radio because I kind of forgot that they were this far like technology wise even though they do have walkie talkies yeah it's a, it's a mix they have walkie talkies and they have cars and they have like telephones but their outfits are a little earlier than that like a lot of their outfits whatever well it's weird on the walkie talkie thing i always kind of thought it was a radio but you know radios from that they were not this like little handheld thing they were they had a big box with them i mean if you see the ones that were used in world war ii even they were chunky monkeys um, so I, I, I thought they were radios, but I have no idea. It's hard to say. <laughs> and it's fine. You know, I think it's, it's the setting is basically ish sort of Victorian mm -hmm. 20s, maybe. Yeah. 
it's a bunch of stuff and it's fine. <laughs> um, it's just, there was one webtoon that I read and I will not name names, but it was, okay. The outfits were 1700s. The, there had some pagan stuff going on. So like literally some like year, year zero, year thousand. It had um, medieval knights. It had um, like also technology from like late 1800s. It was such a mix of historical time periods and I, could, I would, couldn't tolerate it. <laughs> so this is not bad. And this is the author say like, okay, whatever, we're, we have an inspiration. It's not at any particular time. So, you know, mm -hmm. it's not meant to be a particular time and that's fine. So anyway, um, we now have a nighttime scene and we have a brick building. We have Pat, Pat, Pat. We already know it's our darlings <laughs> who's you know running around the glass of factory, old factory, middle of the night, just Lauren and Kieran. And it's a very nice setting. You know, it's as a Lloyd incorporated glass factory since blank 7975. We have our two shadowy figures on top of the roof, you know, with the moon rising behind them, hint, hint, loon, moon, get it. <laughs> and um, it's a, uh, you know, nice, just factory looking brick, old. I like, I have to really like the design for this whole scene. I think it's fantastic. I like the worn that they put on it. Like just the aging that they put on the brick and everything, like nothing shiny. Like I like that a lot. I live a lot around a lot of old factories and they look like exactly like that. So I like the vibes. There aren't so many factories like that around here, but yeah, the, the windows and it's very much, it seems very familiar. And Lauren says, did you manage to get a hand on the building's plans? Nope. <laughs> Do you have any idea how to reach the basement? Nope. <laughs> and it starts raining. Lauren holds out her hand and says she realizes it's raining. Then what are we going to do once we're inside? And just Kieran stands up dramatically. He's like, do I really look like a man with a plan? A guy with a plan? <laughs> Which apparently is a Joker quote I read. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Do you, do you know more details about that? Oh, something... Something that was okay. I have to mention because I don't think we've mentioned it so far. They got the loon outfits back, and when I saw that, it took me a moment to realize because we just recorded um, fifteen and sixteen, so like we're used to like Mindy, you and I were used to seeing the loon outfits, but it took me a moment to realize when I was reading the scene, like wait a minute. They're back in the loon outfits from like season one. And I was so giddy about it because um, it's literally some of my favorite outfits and costumes in the entire series. <laughs> so I'm so glad it's back. Yeah, that's a good observation. <laughs> and the good like, callback to the first meeting where he just kind of like jumps off the side of the building. I like that mm -hmm. too, the callback. And instead of just like, you know, I feel like under that mask, we see her like, but there's no eye roll. And I kind of feel like she's smiling under there, but maybe that's just, you know, me being too hopeful. Get, going towards smile later, for sure. Yeah. He does sigh, but yeah, he, he does jump off just like, not in the other one, he kind of does this Titanic movement. Yeah. <laughs> very slightly less dramatic. He just jumps, <laughs> but it's very similar. Oh, he's still, got his, he's still got his arms spread in this one. I mean, he's still, he's still doing the dramatic thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah even though yeah he's still freshly injured he's like yeah I'm still gonna jump <laughs> so they jump they do their bouncing across the roofs it's they're very cute bouncing they're like very like rubber ball -y, like oh, oh, oh. well I'm sorry about that but like this makes me giggle like if you look at the thing that he's bouncing over he can clearly go around it 
but <laughs> like very clearly go around it and he's still like busted up busted ribs like he's still bruised mm-hmm. up and nope just hop skipping who cares so I love if you it. look at actually um okay this is this is going to sound hilarious I have a very obscure bit of information from my work so look at the the length of the thing that they're jumping over based on their body length right if they're about nearly six feet high five something that thing mm-hmm. is seven feet long I would say right yeah eight um, what I'd say I'd say seven or eight yeah so it's pretty long right and guess what? I had to curate for my work um people like Olympians doing long long jumps and mm-hmm. um I curated several clips of that so and I and they have marks there of how long they were the Olympians do like eight feet eight feet and a little bit over so like they're clearing near Olympian long jumps <laughs> and they, the Olympians run for like I don't know you know 20 seconds before they jump so <laughs> Karen, what mm-hmm. is this physics like <laughs> Karen should have been in the phantom scythe and become an Olympian <laughs> hmm. no I'm, I'm not, I wonder if I if my memory is correct but I think it, I think it was something like that <laughs> sounds about right so they're doing long jumps and they climb down and they're in the building. And again, I, I really love the setting. It's just like the brick and the stairs and the metal and the old glass paned windows. It's just really, really like a really well, well done and fitting. And they, um, Kieran, I believe, opens up the some kind of trapdoor element or window thing. Oh, it's a window um, with his dagger. And he says, ladies first, at which now Lauren does her smile. <laughs> she thinks he's cute now instead of rolling your eyes yeah the banter is back that's cute well she doesn't like she's not scornful of him anymore you know um so in my previous lifetime when I was uh doing an undergraduate in psychology my area of research slash interest was marriage marriage and dating and I was I read a lot of John Gottman's works and John Gottman is a marriage researcher and um he in his studies, one of the, the biggest predictor of divorce was um, like distress, um, disdain of the other person. So like if somebody would, you know, this one spouse would say them, the other one would roll their eyes. So that was how Lauren was treating Kieran before. She was just like, oh, all the time. And now they're kind of going the reverse from divorce to like the opposite <laughs> <laughs> or at least tolerance. So now she's smiling at him instead of rolling her eyes. <laughs> Good job, guys. You're not getting divorced. <laughs> you see, it's kind of like building a ship, but the other way around. <laughs> right. Something that I just can't help but imagine, like with the whole ladies first, is that I can see like maybe late season two or sometimes season three. Um they're in the middle of like gunfire and they need to escape and Kieran's like oh, ladies first and Lauren's like seriously <laughs> he just does not want to be this so he's like okay you can go first like sacrifice yourself <laughs> or hypothetical they're in a courtroom for you know being persecuted for being loon and he's just like who's gonna testify and he's like ladies first <laughs> mm-hmm. there are many awful ways in which this line can be used again okay <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I mean, let's hope maybe it's for when, you know, there's a parade in their honor for having gotten rid of like the, the city's terrorists. And it's like, then it's ladies first. <laughs> yeah, they're going to totally put the purple hyacinth up in an honorable parade. That's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> <Remember>, okay. <laughs> Keep dreaming, Mindy. 
<laughs> forgot. I forgot that small detail. I forgot that not everyone loves hearing Small language. detail. He's a serial killer. Small detail. <laughs> so anyway, they climb through these windows. Uh, Kieran is actually climbing first, by the way. Not her. Just saying. This old lady's first thing did not do anything. Well, I think like, that's on the inside. Like, she's already oh, coming yeah. through. Okay, yeah. fine. He's following her. Yeah, culpa. You're right. And um, Kieran is wincing as he climbs out and he like grasps his side and takes a breath. I know, right? Poor dude. And Lauren looks back at him and she thinks it's only been a few days since the beating. Is he going to be okay? Like, concern, concern. Right, <laughs> exactly. Legitimate concern. We're not making it up. We're not over-exaggerating. She is concerned about it. <laughs> I love how Kieran's just like, I may be severely damaged but I'm going to infiltrate a glass factory with maybe a ton of nitroglycerin. Yes, this seems like a very good idea. I mean, it tracks for his character. That logic. <laughs> it does. Yep. I mean, he waited a few days. Like, that's a long time. <laughs> hey, he gave it more than 24 hours, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they could have gone that night. I was like really worried they would do that. So character development. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> Getting practical. Maybe one day they'll sleep a little more than two hours a night too. <laughs> so we have this uh, wide landscape shot of um, the factory floor. There's like a, an assembly line. There's looks like actually it's a container, um, you know, like a shipping container, which I actually know they were also invented fairly recently. <laughs> But um, because they saved like the shipping industry because whatever, they standardized things and mm-hmm. made uh, goods a lot cheaper and to transport and whatever, more efficient. Anyway, things you learned. Um, so we have a couple of people on the floor and including a blonde person, which, which is hilarious because I'm like a sucker for blondes. I'm like, oh, blonde guy. <laughs> this is horrible, terrible human being. This, so- this one panel, it's kind of funny because the words are like, that way and the panel itself is like that way <laughs> right <laughs> that's true yeah Karen's saying so what do we have here you gotta twist your head yeah and um we have the guy writing things down we have somebody you know turning the wheels on this machine turning like the dial and he points out look they're all armed because we see a gun in um well two people's um holsters and I'm kind of curious what time it is. Like, I'm assuming they wouldn't be operating if she didn't sleep, but it's like probably nighttime. Well, it is nighttime. And again, they're looking, they see people, um, somebody moving boxes into an elevator. And I'm goes, still fixated on how close their heads are in that one panel. So, <laughs> oh, no. awesome. Delightful. So anyway, this guy descends in the elevator and Lauren says, I hope there's another way down to the basement. <laughs> Kieran's like, why? I'm sure they'll give us a ride if we ask nicely and they're unconscious. <laughs> hmm. At least you didn't say dead. Oh yeah. <laughs> Everyone's growing here. <laughs> Change all around. And Lauren says, I don't think that will be necessary. And they're dropping down to the main floor and you know, tap, tap, running. And they're at the elevator shaft. And Lauren, Kieran's like, are you ready to do some mountain climbing? Lauren, I hope, let's hope this elevator doesn't come back up. I was like terrified that the elevator would indeed come back up. <laughs> but it didn't. They, you know, they grab onto the scaffolding metal thing and um, climb down, clang, clang. Seems like they're making some noise. 
it's, it's a nice shot. I like how you see them climbing down and like they're in different parts of the frame. It's just very well done, this whole episode. And they see a lot of mirrors, just immediately, like two mirrors. Um, presumably it's a glass factory, so that's why there's a lot of mirrors. But I was a little bit thrown off by the presence of so many mirrors. Were you Were you guys thinking of that? Yeah, I was like, okay, there's there has to be a specific reason why there's so many mirrors here. Because like when I saw the mirror, I was like, Okay, yeah, the mirrors are important. If they're giving us time to see that there are mirrors here, then these mirrors are going to have a uh, significant importance to probably the next few chapters or something. I think because the mirrors, they, they're just randomly hanging around. It's not like it's a set of 10 mirrors waiting to be packaged or something. And like it's a glass factory, right? They produce bottles. We just saw a little line of bottles on the assembly line. We don't see bottles lying around, but we see mirrors, different size, different shapes, just like single ones standing around. It seems very odd. Like it doesn't, it's not like it's packaged in a particular way. It just seems like they're standing there. So cheap security. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe everyone, the workers want to look at themselves. I, yeah, right I'm right. assuming it's a plot thing. <laughs> well, they apply their makeup before they go on their dates. Like, Yeah. In the, in the factory. That's where they do it. <laughs> work, you know, they're, they don't want to have to go home in between. I don't know. But yeah, I'm, 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 maybe there's a plot thing. So now we see this guy with a mustache, which several people have mentioned he's handsome. Although there's another guy who's also noted as being handsome, um, which is going to relate to like the, the creator's note, which is, I thought was funny. And he's looking at the shaft because he just heard a lot of noise. He's like, oh, what's going on? But he doesn't see anything. And they are hiding. Lauren is sitting on a box marked fragile, which is doesn't strike me as the wisest idea <laughs> but I mean probably everything produced in that factory is fragile so oh well and she's looking again there's a mirror with another mirror in it and she freaks out first because she thinks there's someone there and then she's like oh it's just a mirror so that specific pointing out also leads to me it's like why does it have to be said there's a mirror why are there two whole panels devoted to this so I'm gonna yeah more evidence for the suspicious mirrors <laughs> have you ever actually done that though like seen your reflection and got spooked at because I have a couple embarrassing stories of that one. <laughs> oh, I'm curious now. <laughs> uh, the one that jumps out is I was at a friend's house and it was like really, really late. And they had one of those, you know, glass front doors and I was leaving and um, she was going to walk me up to my car, just neighborhood, that kind of thing. So I go ahead into the door first and I just turned my head and my reflection was right there. And I just saw the movement and that's all I needed to do. I jumped back. So <laughs> I, ju- I was, I landed on my butt. And her dad saw the whole thing happen and he was on the floor. It was, it was a little humiliating. <laughs> and then they had a great day and he basically sat on me. So it was great. Oh, God. <laughs> oh that's very funny. <laughs> I'm an easily spooked person though. It's a hobby of my family members. They just, it's great. <laughs> that's the consideration next time we meet up. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> okay, <bye. laughs> Uh, I don't know if that I don't know if I've already done that before although sometimes when I um, see my profile on like these double mirrors I'm like oh is that what I look like from profile I'm like okay that's uh, the closest I can come to it (laughs) so uh, Lauren tells Kieran the weapons are probably hidden in some of these boxes there are so many and Kieran says I don't think they would mix them up with regular merchandise and he lifts up the lid of one of the boxes Lauren looks around at the guards another mirror there maybe the guards will lead us to it 
So they're again, tap tapping, running past, and we see their shadows in the mirrors. So we see, see there's like three mirrors just in this scene. I mean, there's like the million mirrors over here. Um, she, you know, we see her shadow there. He turns around, he's like, what's going on? Fushing again, another shadow in a mirror, another shadow in a mirror. And he's looking again and his eyes are furrowed. He's frowning and he walks to a mirror, thump, thump, looks at himself, is examining his mustache, considering his fashion choices. Should I trim my mustache? <laughs> the answer is yeah, he should trim his mustache. Yeah, um, I'm sorry, but like mustaches belong in certain time periods, but outside of that, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, with the, when they're with beards, I think it makes sense, but mustache is clean. Anyway, whatever. He's a free person. He could do whatever he wants. It's his life, his choice, his face. But I'm just gonna say opinion. <laughs> the caterpillar is not helping whatever is going on there. Wait, what caterpillar? Is that is that a nickname for a mustache? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So meanwhile, he's looking in the mirror that Lauren and Kira are behind, and Lauren's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh she mutters some unmentionable things and um this other guy says hey dude why are you going toward the stairs we're supposed to take the elevator the date has been moved up we're going to have to start moving the stock up this trucks will be here in a couple of hours uh um and let's just finish this a bit let's see the next two panels he says coming he leaves the mirror and lauren's like stairs this must be it and they you know run to the stairs they pull the door they go onto the metal stairs um Oh, okay. No, we'll get the next two panels. But basically, um, let's just talk about that for a second. The date has been moved up. Oh, shizzle. Yeah. Um, so I think that kind of puts an end to like the Redcliffe is going to bomb his ball theory. I just, I don't see him, you know, just blowing up his house. I get that he probably has enough money to buy out all of the Artalis monarchy but like I don't think he himself wants to bomb out his house because that was a pretty swanky office he had there yeah um, I, I gathered something and correct me if I've got my facts wrong um but I thought that the leader himself had a different date and then Redcliffe was or Apostle 7 was the one with the earlier date so maybe that's what they mean when they say it's been moved up it's Apostle 7's plans versus the leader's plans and it's still the early date that we already know but only there's only some people that are just now learning about it that was my thought too mm-hmm. we didn't have any plan i thought the only date set for anything was from the apostle seven operation well i, I think that. there was two because he was yeah. like smuggling out um some you know weapons for his own purposes but like the leader obviously knows about and authorized a lot of those shipments. They were just for a different attack, not the one that the, the apostle was planning. Unless I'm wrong on my facts there. Foot, you're more versed on that than I, so. Uh, I, um, if my memory is serving me right, I think the leader does have something planned. There is something that the leader is planning, but we don't quite know what it is yet, and it is supposed to happen sometime soon. However, Apostle 7 is the one who has something in February. And Apostle 7, like, according to them, the leader has been really slow in their plan to take down the Rotalis monarchy. So although 
what the leader has planned is probably something that's coming soon if it's going to happen within like the span of this series which will probably i can see season the rest of season two and season three happening over one two years mm-hmm. so it's going to be in, within that time frame um i think apostle seven is just tired of waiting and even though uh the leader is so close to accomplishing their goal a7 is just like you know what february <laughs> And yeah. the date that's being moved up is the Apostle 7 date. So it's probably going to be sooner than February 14th. So the, the ball's on the 17th, right? That's the ball. And then 14th was the date that we heard in like the Carmine, right? Is that, was it around yeah. there? I think that was when the, it was supposed to be when the final shipment came in, but it seems like they got the final shipment here. And I can't remember if A7 was hijacking the leader's nitroglycerin. Part of it, yeah, not all of it, but parts of it. I think Bella okay. said some chapter, um, but I don't know whether it's going to be the four, you know, seventeenth. I mean, if the plan is to like get a lot of people in the same spot, the ball is like the perfect opportunity, and it feels like it's been yeah. going for that. So I don't know. I-, I feel like it's just people are like, oh, the date's been moved up oh, from the leader's true. date to the apostle's date. That was my takeaway anyway. I'm, I'm so torn because. Now that you bring that up, that's really, that's true. I don't think the theory is quite dead, though. Although I don't think Redcliffe would find it very, like, he himself, he would want to bomb his house. It would be kind of a good tactical move on his part if he wanted to get rid of a lot of people in the Artalis monarchy. Because the people who are in the Phantom Scythe, they would know, like, to get away from the ball. Like, those higher up, they would know to get away from the ball when... um you know, when the bombs are going to go off. But if he's but, bombing his own house, isn't that even less suspicious? Like, they wouldn't yeah, exactly. explode his own place. Not to mention mm. the amount of the police department that's going to be there. It's like, it's a perfect... That's why he effect. wants to kill them all, yeah. Yeah, and Redcliffe, I think if he can bomb his house, and if he bombs his own house, no one's going to suspect that it was him. Yeah, not anybody outside of the Phantom Scythe anyway, so... Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, it's true. And also, this bombing has had a lot of buildup. The same with the ball. So it, and it does make it seem that both will happen around the end of season two. So actually, now that now that I think of it, I I'm torn. I'm very torn because there's a lot of good evidence backing the Syria. Yeah. I, it begs the question though like how many people in the phantom side know who apostle seven is obviously bella knows who he is but how tight-lipped is she on that like is it kind of universally known in the phantom side kind of in the you know higher up assassin list or is she the only one that knows i don't think it's very well known because kieran doesn't know like he doesn't but the know circus the identity. yeah the circus knows but i think the circus knows or the ones in the ps we don't really know if all of them are yeah i'm just saying like it's more I than think, one person is yeah. what i I think it's I think the circus knows because Redcliffe was the one who took them in and he would have been the one to get them into the family business so it does make sense that they would know he is Apostle 7 since he did kind of he was kind of their adoptive parent yeah so Bella I'm grew so up knowing her the um, Bella grew up knowing her dad was an apostle whereas Lorraine didn't <laughs> So, gosh okay well we'll find out pretty soon it's like coming up 
so um, the guy says coming and you know, the stairs, they learn and hear and have this uh, wordless communication point nod. Nice to see that they, I know, right? <laughs> nice to see that they can get along and communicate without any words. They're just we'll collaborating. The crumbs are mine. <laughs> it's, oh, it's so satisfying to see after a season of barely anything. <laughs> These loon missions, they were like, they are what sold me on ph like episode 15 and episode 16 once i saw them i was invested (laughs) there was no backing out of it anymore and so seeing them work together again seeing what got me into ph it's so satisfying and it's just oh i i could read this chapter forever (laughs) yeah also like we talked about i think in i don't remember what episode um i think it was actually a recent podcast like number 16 but it shows mutual respect. And we talked a lot about like how romance, um, you, what you, especially you said, you like to see them be a platonic first because they work well together as people, like they respect each other as people and they're, and that's, that's what we're happy to see because a lot of times like romance is blind and you just fall in love with someone. It's like some chemical thing. And, you know, you're like, Oh, they make me feel warm and fuzzy inside. And you overlook things about the other person because you're blinded, which is, you know, necessary, I think very often, but it's nice to see them just respect each other, mm-hmm. like treat each other as partners. Yeah. <laughs> and so where you were sold by the loon, I'll at a first front picture of Kieran and I'm like, okay, subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> no, ironically. The thing that got me to read Paige in the first place was Kieran. And it was the season one banner, like where he has like the blood on his hands and he's painting like the blood on Laura's cheek. And I remember thinking, who the hell is this dude? And what the hell is he doing? <laughs> so I do ironically have to thank Kieran for getting me to read Paige. But Mindy, what you said, I think it does beg the question, does Lockie even need to be romantic? Like, do you guys, I think a lot of people would like them ending up romantically, but story-wise, do you think it's necessary for them to become romantic partners by the end? Or do you think it will even happen? Probably not, even though I'm a big romantic. I'm actually, all I want is for them to be intimate. And I don't mean intimate as in physical, but like to be, to have someone that they're close to. And that could be romantic and it could not be romantic, but I just want them to be close. I want them to be open and vulnerable with each other. And to have someone in their life that they can share things with. So it could just be very good friends. It could be romantic. Probably, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I admit. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Ages ago, I saw like a queen, uh, Q&A with the creators. And somebody asked, like, are Kieran and Lauren going to be a couple? And I think the response was like, uh, duh. Was. Yeah, it's in, the, like that. it's in the Q&A. Are Lauren and Kieran going to be a thing? And they said, yes. That was, I, I remember it because I was paying very close attention to that question. <laughs> oh my God, I haven't checked the q a's like any of the q a's or like the questions to answers like from the old uh purple hyacinth server i haven't checked that place in ages there's probably so much good theory material i don't i don't have access to the old server but it's a q a within webtoons when they were on hiatus oh yeah so there's, there's no also there is i think spaced out pie on lauren's board you can find a website with all the questions on it if you're not in the old server oh okay uh, i'll check it okay Okay. (laughs) me personally though i would love to see it eventually turn 
healthy romantic if that's ever possible with these two but I would like to see it but Mm -hmm. yeah I think it would be like I think it'd be nice I think this is weird coming from me but I can see them getting romantically together I just do I think it's necessary for the story not really I think they're fine as is but um and I think that you know it if they stayed platonic it would be a really good testament to like this is gonna sound cheesy but like you know the power of friendships and the power of good friendships and healthy friendships and working through struggles and friendships um and I think it would be a really solid story uh whether they stayed platonic or not I will say though I think the banners if the banners um like if it doesn't end up romantic are like kind of false advertising because the banners do have a very romantic feel to them mm-hmm. like all the fan arty kind of stuff that Soph and F produce are very romantic like their gestures gestures are all very romantic like they're hugging they're like back to back they're you know touching each other so <laughs> that doesn't to me that indicates like an end game mm-hmm. of a romance unless they're misleading us again <laughs> mm-hmm. I think for that, it's also just part of marketing, right? Because a lot of the webtoon base are like teen girls and um, a lot of teen girls like romances. And, you know, the webtoon app and the webtoon platform is dominated by the romance genre. And like the most popular webtoons, like most of them are romance. So it does, it does, um, it is beneficial to Sofanaf to market ph with some romance because that's how they were gonna get more readers whether it happens or not but i think also webtoon knows this and it led to the infamous season two premiere notification which is uh (laughs) widely just looked down on in at least the discord fandom (laughs) because in the season i i think i told you guys about this but in the season two premiere webtoon released a notification and the notification said something like karen and lauren will be working much closer together and it was like something along those lines and literally everyone i talked to like on the discord was mad about it because you know they just came like for them the infamous episode was a day before (laughs) and now webtoon is like hey they're going to be working so much closer now and they're going to be so much more intimate and office shenanigans and everyone was just like no we don't want this <laughs> like not yet i also saw one of the few instagram promotions that the webtoon page actually did like recently i saw one and it was like that first loon um operation and it was like the, the couples that argue together stay together or something like that <laughs> Oh, the irony. Right? Late season one, early season, like, early season two is quaking right now. Platonic or not, you cannot deny the sexual tension, though. Yeah, but I think, I think there are a lot of scenes that, I do think there is some sexual tension between them, but I think there are also a lot of scenes that are emotionally tension-coded, but people interpret it as sexual tension. I'm thinking specifically about that tango scene, so... Yeah, I think that tango scene, that tango scene, that was uh, spicy. But I think there are some other scenes, like, I don't know. Like, the tango's tango no scene. joke. That dance is hard. Yeah. 
I won't deny that, but there are some episodes where I've been like, seriously, this is what y'all are saying is sexual tension. It, but the tango scene. And I think, you know, that bandage scene in episode, what, 28, 27? That was, that was a little spicy. I'm not going to lie. I felt honestly like that one was more intimate, like more like there. I yeah, felt like that's it, what I was thinking. There was something but, more of a an emotional yeah. thing there rather than just a sexual thing because they're caring about each other. Mm-hmm. And I think at that point, neither of them realized that they should be caring about each other um so for that it was more emotional like realization tension rather than sexual for me anyway yeah I'm torn because I don't know how much of this I've just like seen people say that sexual tension it's like oh yeah sure it's sexual tension but like deep down I'm like is it though <laughs> but yeah you're right I mean human I've seen people coded sexual tension, feelings so I'm kind of like yeah I'm torn <laughs> And I think we're quite capable of having both kinds of tension at once. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. So anyway, they're in the stairs. They're looking at another room. And Lauren says, there's no one. Looks like it's pitch black. And they enter the room with their flashlights, which now I'm also wondering when were flashlights invented with batteries inside, but okay. <laughs> and um, that is an excellent question. <laughs> I can look that oh, up. Oh, wait. Maybe it's like oil. Wait, when were batteries invented? <laughs> Hold up. Let me check this. Uh-huh. Okay. I know they had flashlights what? before. I think flashlights in episode... were invented in the 1890s. What? Wait, okay, wait. No idea. Batteries in the 1800s. Okay, never mind. Okay, yeah, the... Andrew, look at that. Uh, batteries I know they... really yeah, big. 1907 was the AA battery. Yeah, they're made mostly by lead at that point. My husband, he's a complete geek with the stuff. I'm not kidding. He makes batteries at my kitchen table, which is fantastic. Um, But at that point, like they were really big lead batteries and um, they hadn't exactly figured out lithium at that point. So everything was really, really heavy. And actually like they had electric cars back then, but because, you know, it was just so hard to produce something that was not quite as heavy. That's why gas kind of took over. Um, which I wonder, you know, alternate universe, if things had developed differently, would we, everything be electric, possibly greener if we hadn't gone the gas route, which mm-hmm. is interesting, but anyway, that's a that whole other cool. conversation. I know there were, there, they had flashlights, Karen and Lauren, they had flashlights in episode 65. So they might've had it before. I don't remember seeing them with it before, but um, at least this isn't the first time we've seen them use this technology. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> um, all right. So they see a bunch of boxes marked fragile. And Lauren says, looks like this is the place, which I don't know what distinguishes this set of boxes from the rest of the set of boxes. But yeah, they all fine. say fragile. <laughs> <laughs> and she sees some documents on a chair, which I have to think, like this chair looks like it's like a leather covered chair. I mean, the texture is just so, so well here, mm-hmm. um, if I'm correct. Kieran says, look at the crates. It's the same logo as McTravers papers, which presumably that was not on the other stuff. And we have a flashback to the tape, the logo. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is the closest we've kind of like seen the logo. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we had a close-up. We had a close-up in like episode 15 or 16 with that logo, but I think in this panel, it's slightly clearer. I remember we tried to analyze it. We couldn't see what it was, but... Mm-hmm. Um, um, I remember... 
I remember people having a theory like they said it was snapdragons on the logo like this is like right out of episode 54 they were like y'all it's snapdragons sd became the ps and i mean they were right in that latter part so it might be I had snapdragons in my garden. I don't think they really look like this. So, <laughs> yeah, snapdragons look a little different. Kind of look like hyacinths. They kind of look like it looks like wheat to me. <laughs> I was thinking that, but I wasn't gonna say it. <laughs> I don't know. Let's hope it doesn't mean anything because we're terrible botanists. So, <laughs> um, so Kieran uses his dagger again to snap open another one, and Lawrence has mirrors again. And Kieran at this point is sweating, so two things either he's sweating a physical discomfort or something else which we'll get to more later but initially my first thought was definitely physical discomfort because he's just like worn out and you know he's making a lot of effort presumably he arrested the past couple of days but now he's exerting himself and it's like you know sometimes you have this burst of energy and you know you're not feeling well but you have this burst of energy and like you go do stuff and then suddenly you're like whoa you're fading and you're like okay i'm really not feeling well so i get the feeling that's what's happening to him power mm-hmm. of adrenaline yeah so now they lift up the mirrors. Now Kieran's sweating again, but this time he's looking in the mirror and he sees himself all bloody. And then he goes it back hurt. to see sweaty. That scene hurt me. That panel, it hurt to see. I was like, dude, come on. That's his self-image. He sees himself as a bloody monster. It's so sad. I mean, it's very true, but it's sad. Mindy, I think when we were reading that, we like collectively cried at like the same time. I'm supposed to be the local Kieran hater. What the hell are these emotions? <laughs> well, that's what they're doing. They know how to write to make you feel things. I mean, you have Bruh. Oh my God. <laughs> I had... <laughs> Um, some of my discord friends will clown me over this but i had a character arc when it came to sandman i started off this season utterly despising him actually well more as we like learned about him like and we got an actual name i was like you know what i don't like this dude he can literally jump into a void for all i care and then episode 89 i think or 90 i think 90 Episode 90 had me crying over him and his daughter. So Jumping into the void, his life is the void. Mm -hmm. The progression. I'm like, Sandman, I want you to die. But also, if you die, I will kill you. (laughs) Like, no dying on my watch. I can't believe... (laughs) I can't believe... And now he probably will actually die and I should be happy, but I'm not. (laughs) Yeah. Character development. We love to see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very, very skillful writing. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It is. I was like, so thin F. You sly devils. They, you know, they want to show us. They're giving him a much more human sympathetic side, especially, and a lot of people are talking about this, but also the fact that he's physically weakened makes us feel much more compassionate for him as well because he's he's used to showing off this invincible um all powerful side and now mm-hmm. he's showing weakness and humanity and frailty so we feel for him and also the fact that he sees himself as a monster that means that he has a heart and that he's not insensitive and he's not heartless and that's what we want to see you know we would never be able to sympathize or care for a person who was cruel and emotionless and he's showing us that he 
feels bad about what he does. And he just basically, I think, hates himself. So we feel bad for him. Well, we've kind of always seen this self-loathing from Kieran, though, What from like the very beginning, I think. There's always been like this front of arrogance and confidence and flirtation and all that. But anytime the authors could give us a peek into what he actually felt about himself, it was always very negative, very detrimental, very, I, I suck. I am horrible. And he knows that. And um, especially after the chapter that shall not be named, um, where he's just looking at his reflection and then looking at his hands and it's just written all over his face. He's kind of just like, she's right. I'm a monster. (laughs) There was actually a very interesting theory from, I think, Zorro on the Discord server that was, you know how Karen, like, he sees himself bloodied in the reflection. What if he sees a bloodied Lauren in the reflection too? Oh, like he he sees Lauren the way he sees himself in the reflection and then I added on to that what if it's not like you know the chokey choke marks on her that he sees but he sees her like with you know sword slashes and what his victims look like that's what he sees her and that's his nightmare that he'll have to kill her at one point that is the worst the worst and Fu is, is well known for coming up with the most horrible situations that can be known to mankind and just telling us all of them so we can cry and be in pain so mindy you haven't even seen the worst of it i was at my peak i was in my peak in august and september in the whole fall time that was that was a moment for me i have some hidden works that (laughs) somewhere on the server a level of angst (laughs) yeah but i was thinking what if the protectee, like the person that Kieran was protecting, was the only person Kieran would never, in like in the Band of Scythe, was the only person Kieran would never see with blood on in the in reflections? Wow, well, taking it a step further. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll see. But Kieran here, he decides to turn away. He's still sweating, but he just like shakes it away. It kind of reminds me of when Lauren is thinking to herself, um, when she's on the bridge she's thinking after the the bar she's like oh you know is Kieran the one who's going to betray me and then she's like no let's not think about it not him so it kind of reminds me of that where he just like tries to shake away his bad memories or feelings and they continue looking at the box turns out underneath that mirror there's pistols they're very neat I feel like they're stapled in or something I don't know but they're they're arranged very neatly and I say clever they've been using the factory's shipping business to smuggle in and hide the weapons and Kieran's still looking at the boxes. He wants to open up another one. Uh, his hand slips. I just realized that. I think he's so physically weakened. He's having trouble controlling his movements. Is that what you're getting from this panel? That and mentally kind of thrown off too. Yeah. I think he's just in not in the right mindset right now. And physical states, big factor. Since in this episode... I also think it's kind of foreshadowing for the next one or two episodes, depending how long they're here for. I think because there's been so much focus on Karen's physical uh, physical state right now, he might get captured or something. Like he might fall behind. Something bad is going to happen to him because he's, he's not going to be... <laughs> He's not going to be in his top physical state. So Yeah, I honestly think something 
like that will happen. I think there's going to be some high drama here. Mm-hmm. Let's, you know, let's finish the episode and talk about what we think will happen next episode, because that will be a lot of fun. <laughs> oh my God. If we want to talk about angst theories, we can come up with a lot of them. So, <laughs> but Lauren tells him, no need to open more boxes. It will only make them suspicious if they come checked. I don't think we could, should stay here, which I was surprised that she said that. I was like, you only opened up like two boxes. Like you could really open up a lot more. But Kieran says, and then she's like, Kieran, I think he didn't respond. I think he still is again, taking time to like respond. I think he's just not doing well. And he says, no, wait over there. So I don't know what alerted him to that particular area. And she says, what's up with him? He's been acting weird since we got down here. What does that mean? How is he acting weird? Um, um. Uh, Mindy, I think you already know what I'm about to suggest. I know. So um, I actually said this to Meg. Meg and I read the episode together last night, and I said to Meg, "What if?" And this is totally inspired by Yufu. What if he's has some kind of betrayal plan, and this is the moment where he's doing it? Is that what you're gonna say? I was gonna say betray theory. The betrayal theory is popping in. I don't think. I think he's stalling a bit. That's what he was giving me the vibes of. It feels like he's stalling. But I don't think he would turn on Lauren right now because he's in a he's physically weakened. So it doesn't make and Lauren has been able to hold herself pretty well against him. So it doesn't make sense for him to try and fight her here unless he wants her to get away. I mean, if we're gonna go with that, he doesn't have to physically fight her. He could just allow her to be captured, right? By other people. Mm-hmm. And but yeah, it's 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 weird i don't know what that statement is for is this just supposed to be her noticing that he's not maybe the innocent version of this is that lauren's like oh he's been acting weird and then really what it turns out is like okay yeah he's just physically very bad and he's going to collapse and whatever that's the innocent interpretation of lauren's statement Mm -hmm. so 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 everyone who doesn't want to be distressed for the next week you can go with that (laughs) yeah okay okay but (laughs) However, like, so what I was saying earlier is that, you know, if Kieran had, Mindy, as you're building off what you said, if Kieran had planned a betrayal here, one, I think it's kind of stupid of him to try and betray Lauren here. Because again, she could, she would physically overpower him unless he wants her to physically overpower him because he wants to tell his superiors that he he did betray her and he did do his job however because of what his superiors did to him he wasn't able to but he wasn't able to like beat her so he make so by doing that he makes sure that lauren gets away and lauren knows and is able to stop it while still following the orders and him he himself like not being put in danger mean that he would lose his relationship with Lauren which would kill him because he would imagine have to betray one person he's getting close to but imagine if we ended the first half of season two like that the mid-season is coming up you cannot deny that something big is happening denial until the day I can prove wrong no Meg Meg Episode. Kill someone else. I'd rather someone else get killed than that happen. Somebody can okay, die. Okay. I'm sacrificing people. Okay. <laughs> but guys, guys, think. Episode thirty-three no, was the last streamed episode. <laughs> it was the last streamed episode because there were going to be massive spoilers in the coming episodes. This episode is one of those spoiler episodes. Why so, do you have to be so intelligent, Fu? You have okay. to stop proving your theories. 
<laughs> so I mean, Mindy, this is your theory first. Well, technically it was inspired by my theory, yeah. but you suggested you brought it up. <laughs> you because I do believe in, in, you know, I'm trying to be objective, but I also don't want to believe what my eyes suggest. <laughs> I, I just can't so. believe that we had a chapter like last time and then we're reading this chapter and the first thing you jump to, oh, is he's going to betray her. Where's the trust, Mindy? Where's the trust? Yeah, so I agree. I agree. I do. I do. But this whole story is about people being forced to make choices that they don't want to make because no, of circumstances. So that's the one. Secondly, it would pack such an emotional punch if that would happen. Our hearts would be ripped out. We would like love and hate Kieran at the same time. We would feel so bad for everybody. And Sophie F would be drinking our tears, which is exactly the point of what they're doing. So it would be perfect from a story perspective. Mm-hmm. And obviously it'll get resolved at some point, right? So you guys both make sense. I just don't, I just don't want, I'm not looking forward. If that is what's going to happen, I am dreading it. I'm fully aware that it's possible, but I'm just like, but they, but the last chapter. (laughs) Meg, just imagine it. Imagine. I'm trying very hard not to imagine it. I know, I know, but like the real thing. Karen betrays her. You can't see it because I have my camera off, but I'm doing like, you know, the quotation things with your hands. <laughs> he betrays her. He reports it to his superiors, but like when he actually betrays her in the moment he tells her to run and she knows that what he's doing is just some part of a larger scheme that he is just trying to work his way around. And so the relationship isn't actually broken. They're just kind of stalled again, but okay. boom, Kieran you're giving hope. Is- oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a better version of the betrayal. Yes, I like that better. Here in and maybe she even loves him even more because she realizes what he's sacrificing for her, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> okay, doesn't that, owe that anything. I'm still in denial, though. I will remain in denial. <laughs> Meg, if I'm right. I lo- Meg, I lose nothing if I'm wrong. However, I will gain so much if I'm right. Well, I mean, they don't your profit I, for nothing. Yeah, either way, it's going to be a fantastic story. I already know that, but I will remain in denial and until I am proved wrong or am forced to, you know, read something traumatic. So that'll be, that'll be a show, Mindy. Well, that, that'll something to look forward to. For Midnight Popland episode 39, I remember that number. It was where basically the two main characters say um, goodbye. They say they're never going to see each other again, which turns out to be totally not true, but whatever. And the entire fandom, I'm not kidding. What I did that night, I jumped onto the floor. I beat my hands against the floor. My face was in the floor. I was sobbing without tears, but with all the sounds for three hours straight. I was moaning and groaning and yelling. And my husband was like, what is wrong with you? You are crazy. And I was like, but they said goodbye. They left. They're never going to see each other again. And the entire uh, worst episode, everybody was crying and super, super sad for the entire week. And then we found out they saw each other the next day. But... <laughs> <laughs> But oh it was so heartrending, and I am positive we're going to get that. Soon. We probably will get that soon here. Probably. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've done that with other webtoons too, where you've had to, like, I, there was a season finale of uh, one that I was just, I, then something happened right at the end, and we were riding in the car, and I was just like, in the middle of the car, I was just like, what? And my husband, like, freaked out. And he was like, what is wrong with you? And I was like, <laughs> exactly. Oh, okay. So a year ago, when we got the season one finale, 
I was not on the Discord at the time. I had no one to talk to about Purple Hyacinth. I had like two friends, one who I got into Purple Hyacinth like just the weekend before, but like we didn't, we kind of talked, but not that much about it. So I literally just sat in my room in shock and I had to take a walk around my entire neighborhood just to attempt to process what had just happened, but I couldn't process it at all. I was just in shock for the next several days. At least this time around, we'll have a support group. So that's great. Oh yeah. But honestly, it might make it worse. Like it's just going to be anxiety running through my veins we can all pour our tears into the same bowl it'll be so much easier for the iv for soften up so (laughs) i mean for the for the like mid-season finale for that podcast episode i swear for like 20 minutes straight as soon as the podcast starts we're just gonna sit there in silence (laughs) unable to comprehend it i know oh my gosh yep we need group therapy. <laughs> this, whole, uh, this whole cast in this webtoon needs therapy. I ship everyone with therapy. <laughs> the ultimate OTPs. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, so let's continue. And we'll, we'll, we'll still do some more speculating at the end because we, we have lots of that. So um, Kieran says, bring the light over here. And he already has a light, but whatever. I guess he needs two lights. <laughs> Um, and they're shining the light. They, you know, it's actually, I love this, this vantage point. It's from within the box. And like, you just see a slip of light with the dagger sliding in. I think it's just mm-hmm. brilliant again. And they creak the box open. Lauren opens her eyes wide because she sees tons of bottles and she immediately infers that it's nitroglycerin. And she thinks a single one of these crates would be enough to blow up a good part of this factory. But I'm curious how she knows, because I don't know anything about yeah. how many explosives you need to blow up how many square feet. <laughs> I think I think Lauren was there with us when we read Drunk Joe's death last week. Lauren was there, omniscient. <laughs> I mean, maybe she's done some research in explosives, you know, mm-hmm. with her obsession. <laughs> I actually didn't see the shadow of the body until like my fifth time reading the chapter. <laughs> I, I didn't know it till Foot said it and I was like what oh no he got burnt I was so like I felt sorry like he got burnt alive it's like a horrible horrible I was laughing the entire time I told Mindy terrible meanwhile I'm being traumatized by this guy's death and it's like I was very focused on other parts of the chapter like zoom, you know screenshots everything I was just so happy somebody gets blown to bits and I'm like la di da I love again. I love that panel where we see the bottles and the knife, because we, the audience, we remember last chapter and we're like, "Oh my god, the bottles!" We recognize the bottles. We know what the Mm -hmm. bottles mean and what the bottles are capable of, and we're just like, "Oh no!" And that is just amazing show, not tell storytelling from Sofina. So Lauren now looks around and, you know, we see her and she's surrounded by these boxes. She said, so you're telling me that all this, and again, there's like this view of the entire room um, is nitroglycerin. And then we flash back to this, this boy, he looks pretty young saying the date has been <clears throat> moved up. We're going to start moving the stock soon. The trucks will be here in a couple of hours. And she's trembling. And she says, Kieran, we need to ding, ding, the elevator. They're back in there. 
And we see those two guys saying, we have to move everything from downstairs tonight. Boss is crazy. The other guy says, stop whining. At least we'll get what we've been waiting for earlier than expected. They push the button. There's a thump. And the orange-haired guy says, right, the date has been moved up. It was about time for this revolution to start. And then presume, I don't know if Lauren and Kieran overheard this part. Do you think they did? Or it's just an interlude for the for the, the readers? I think it's an interlude for us. Okay. I think yeah. they heard it back when they were upstairs earlier. Yeah. So this was yeah. just reminding us in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and Lauren says, we need to alert the police now. And it ends with that. And the panel and the flashlight. Okay, guys, what's going to happen? <laughs> Amazing. I love that ending. It was just so well done. It's like, it was about time for the revolution to start. And Lauren's panicking. It's like, okay, we need to get the police here, like right now. Gosh. Okay. Blanks hitting the fan, people. There's mm-hmm. a lot at stake because, well, this is, everyone knows this, but we're just going to delineate it anyway. How are they going to tell the police? Are they going to disguise themselves? Are they going to say they're a loon? Are they going to be like, hi, Lauren and Kieran, we just found Magic Listerine. And I just had a thought, you guys are rubbing off on me. Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh my God. What horrible betrayal theory did you come up with? <laughs> Meg, tell us. She says, we need to alert the police now. And he hears that and he comes up behind her and she can feel him behind her. And she's like, I can't let you do that. Oh my God. Oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) Wow, Meg, I'm impressed. Mindy, we corrupted Meg. (laughs) We corrupted Meg. Oh my God. What is going to happen exactly? Oh my gosh, this is just, what are they going to do? Okay. Another big thing, now we understand the beginning of the chapter with this whole thing, oh, the storm is coming and the equipment's getting knocked down. Bet you they're going to try to communicate with someone and somewhere along the way, they can't communicate because there's lines are down. Either the police won't, they can't get to the police at all or they won't be able to answer them or they like start relaying information, it gets cut off, but that's totally going to factor in. Yeah. I don't don't even know. Oh, sorry, Meg, you go. Oh, I was just like, what is uh, Herman and that, what are they trying to like communicate? Like, what is the communication that they're trying to get through, through this storm? That's, that kind of came out of nowhere. So, I, I thought it was just regular operations. Also at the beginning, also I was like, what? But I, I'm assuming it's just regular stuff that we never mm-hmm. were exposed to, but I'm assuming it's just the regular, however they, you know, call 911 over there. I'm assuming it's that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you were like, oh yeah, Herman backstory. I was oh like, my God, I came up with this whole, <laughs> when I first saw that, I was like, I didn't realize it was in the, in the APD station. I thought he had his whole own private monitoring radio thing. And I was like, he's the Phantom Scythe. He is this, he's that. Like, he <laughs> this crazy theory. And then I was like, oh, wait, no, it's just the APD. <laughs> he's probably just yeah. doing his job. <laughs> if, it's, if it's something interesting that they're doing, it's not just regular day-to-day things. I would say that they're trying to monitor Loon transmissions and trying to, like, see if they can pick up anything from loon because that is because herman has been trying to investigate the identities of loon but the thing i want to say was how are they going to even contact the apd because are they are they doing like you know the 13th precinct where the docks are or are they going to the 11th precinct because that's because it's like herman right that's herman because we saw we saw that focus on herman but i'm like 
Herman would recognize both their voices. The people, y'all assume that they can't like be like, hi, I'm uh, here to report some nitroglycerin. Like, I'm assuming they can disguise their voices. Like, they're not that- I know, but Mindy, Mindy, I think he would still recognize it. And I don't think, if I think that would be played off as comedy. And now <laughs> is not the time for comedy. No, no. I mean, but let's think about like Will and Kim having the realization about Loon could not have come at a worse time. Oh, oh. oh my God. Oh. <laughs> Loon don't even need to fake their death. If I read like, the next chapter, though, they don't need to... <laughs> does end up being the betrayer. Wait. I oh. I can't even tell you how upset I'm going to be. Like, oh don't God. prepare not to hear from me for like a week. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. What, what, what did you come up with? You came up with a big bang theory right now. Oh my god. What? Sorry, I'm just a little bit shaken by how possible this What if Loon doesn't need to fake their deaths because the glass factory explodes and they're Why? presumed dead? Why? Okay, they're presumed dead because they can't die because then the story would end. Yeah, they wouldn't. We have like we have like 100 to 150 episodes left. They're not dying yet. <laughs> but like, oh my God, I'm going to presume that that's awful. Everyone's going to hey, be so sad. Lauren and Kieran on the run thinking that the people, I mean, that, I mean, I'm kind of cool with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, but imagine, imagine. I'm sorry. Mindy, Mindy, imagine. I'm sorry. Season two end, or like, it's like, you know, the mid season finale and we think Loon is dead like the explosion just happened they can't find them but then like it's the last Dylan. oh my gosh but look the last five panels of season two or the first half of season two is one of them pulling the other out of the rubble <laughs> oh, but wow. but hold up hold up what if they end up in a phantom scythe tunnel okay theory time captured by the phantom scythe <gasps> Okay. Like, you know, this, you know, the tunnel theory, how we thought that there were a bunch of tunnels and it was basically yes, confirmed um, when in I first 91. Came onto the Discord, it was strictly to like put screenshots out because back at the, um, uh, the meeting that, you know, where they put the bugs in the room and everything like that. And like, they point out very specifically how the messenger appears out of nowhere. And then he goes into the garden and like disappears again. And if you look at the panels really closely, it looks like there's a trap door or a circle or something behind him, like kind of kind of hidden by the sand mm-hmm. and from this chapter they're in a basement so my thought was not that Kieran's getting nervous that he's thinking making decisions in his head about Lauren I think he's getting triggered for mm-hmm. a lot of memories because a lot of the phantom scythe is underground there's a lot of tunnels I think there is a whole tunnel system under the city and that's where really? a lot of his torture happened so being in a basement is just a huge reminder of like all of his past and all of the trauma and um that could also be like a way of escape like they're going to be stuck in that basement while people are unloading things mm-hmm. um so they're going to have to figure out a way out so if the tunnel theory is actually legit that would give them a way out of there especially if any unseemly like explosions were to happen y'all what if they make their way so like they get trapped in the phantom side tunnels but then what if, so they have to like avoid the phantom scythe as they like weave around the tunnels and try to figure their way out. But what if they end up at the Carmen Camellia, right? Mm-hmm. But Lady the police are investigating sure. the Camellia <laughs> and they see Loon come out of the tunnels. <laughs> I, I like that better than Kieran betraying Lawrence though. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
not a very high oh, bar. Or what if when they're in the tunnels, they they're like, oh, we're in Phantom Side tunnels. And they're like running out from Phantom Side, and then they suddenly they see someone that they know, someone we know, like Tristan or Dokken. And they're like, oh, you're a Phantom Side. Like that's how they get their discovery of a Phantom Side person that they know. Season two drop. There we go. Ah! <laughs> There's so many different ways it could go, honestly, though. So do you, I mean, I would think the betrayal would happen before the end of season two. What do you guys think? If there is a betrayal, yeah. They need, they need to set up a Darkest Hour. Season two is going to set up some sort of Darkest Hour in a way. Because, you I know, a- I think... I think, well, uh, it depends how long season three is going to be. I think because well, if season three is also 100 episodes, like season two, I think yeah. I can see the darkest hour happening either late season two with like the Rycliffe ball being not in the bombing happening there or just it or something bad happening in uh, some time in the first half of um, in the first 50 episodes of season three. But again, it does depend on how many episodes are in season three calculating how many dollars i'm going to be spending on this webtoon <laughs> well it's between 50 and 75 so i mean like worth it but still <laughs> wow yeah i never i never added it up mm-hmm. let's not let's just not even think about it think but also the patreon and the merch all of that together but okay i have another theory that is doesn't involve pain or it's a little bit of angst but it's pleasant it's pleasant okay so here's the theory so kieran is <laughs> Kieran is not doing well in this episode, right? So whatever happens in the next couple episodes, let maybe, whether it's an explosion, whether it's a betrayal, whether it's running away, whether it's whatever, Kieran at some point is gonna like collapse and Lauren's gonna have to like help him. She's gonna have to pull yeah, him out, yes, 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 put yes. him on her shoulders. Parallel to piggyback. Yes. yes. I want I want Lauren to carry Kieran like a bride, a bridal carry, Lauren <laughs> bridal carrying Kieran. It's parallel season one and would also make all the Lauren simps go crazy. And that would be, that would be good. Like he's feeling bad. I mean, but he'll, he'll recover. Like it's not, he's not going to die. He's not betraying anyone. Like it's not so bad, but we, they just get closer because it's like, you know, because of that. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a great theory. I like this. Oh, look at you, Fook. Cheering for comfort for Kieran. I'm so proud of you. It's only because he's going to be so badly damaged by that point. Oh, okay. <laughs> Never mind. Just erase all your progress. What? Okay. But yeah, okay. now that now I'm getting to the simping part. What if she then has to take him back to either her, maybe her room, maybe her room? You know, put oh. him on her bed, take care of him. No, no, no. It's it's the, the classiest case. thing ever. Kristen gets Karen gets to meet the in-laws. Yeah. <laughs> what if? Oh my god, what if like Dawkin comes over and he sees Kieran and he just panics because he's like, excuse me. What are you doing? If, he, if he's like fandom size. But I think it might be reported now that like Kieran is it might like the higher ups might know by now that Kieran is using Lauren. Like or you know, again, quotations using Lauren for information. Or is it quotations again? I know, don't do that. No, but like look, 72. Bleak bluff, singular bluff, and yet episode eighty nine basically confirms to us, and episode ninety one, it basically confirms to us that Bella was lying in that episode. So yeah, if I'm she's the one bluffing, up. no, no, if no, she's no. the one bluffing, no. that means she takes up the bluff, and it means Kieran. 
is telling the truth. So we're going to review. I already knew that because I had faith in my baby, but whatever. (laughs) I'm reviewing episode 79 to to disprove this. Uh, 72, I think. Mindy, you can't. Yes, I can. Just you wait. I I spent like five hours writing out that theory <laughs> you think okay. i didn't fact check <laughs> you interpreted things differently okay they're fighting they're fighting there's lots of fighting Actually, i didn't fact check i just kind of went off my memory but i do remember reading 30 i do remember reading 72 because it was like wait a minute <laughs> but Think about it, Mindy. Yeah, her statements. She's like, oh, killing for the leader is much more lucrative, much more fun. Okay, that's probably not true. Lucrative, yes. Fun, not. Um, talk about sick. Get rid of sick. What do you have to do with him? The officer, get rid of her. She's like, oh. Okay, and then she gets we kidnapped. can't deny at this point, though, that Karen has definitely, most definitely formed an attachment to, to Lauren. Like, there's no denying that anymore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he definitely cares about her. It's, like. It's- it. he has the feels mm-hmm. let me see if I can find the quote I was thinking of um okay, it so, is getting late I am gonna have to clear okay. out here a little bit Fine. I think I think we should end the episode anyway and we can argue okay. about, about, about 72 later <laughs> well this was so much fun and um I'm so nervous for next week <laughs> oh yeah uh anxiety like these weeks have been going kind of quickly, but I am feeling that in like deep down that deep seated terror. <laughs> oh God, why do we do this to ourselves? <laughs> okay, think of the positive thoughts, people. <clears throat> I'm sure that if we send positive thoughts out to the universe, it will totally affect what soap and f have done for next week oh Pretty absolutely sure. not <laughs> yeah f already wrote the script mindy like 20 weeks back. not 20 but like, it was actually a, a philosophical question i had when i was a kid but anyway when you mm-hmm. can but it's not relevant to this but it was it's a philosophical question let's just say <laughs> mindy, you can't manifest good feelings when it comes to ph it's simply impossible <laughs> uh, no i manifested them last week in 93 so <laughs> they had it coming okay <laughs> No, it's proof that manifestation works. It's not that they Mindy, had a plan before. Meg's Mindy, I don't manifestation changed the plan. Mindy, a whole city is about to be bombed. I don't think now is the time for manifestation of comedy and good thoughts. I don't think there's going to be a lot of comedic scenes <laughs> in the next few episodes. I don't need comedy. I just need no tragedy. <laughs> okay, that's fine. I do want tragedy. The story would not be compelling if it didn't have that so hey i'm just yeah. glad i'm not by myself in denial oh yeah oh my god i would literally be oh my god if i did not have the discord i would have gone insane by now like it would just be all my thoughts and i would just be alone yeah. with my thoughts and that is even more horrifying than waiting a week for the next episode yeah it's weird i i was facing kind of, oh sorry mike did or Mindy. Oh, no, I was just listening. Oh, it was kind of weird because I was, before this, I was actually facing some purple hyacinth burnout, but this episode, and after this discussion that we had, especially with our all our, like, ending theories, like, oh, dang, it might have revived me just a little bit for purple hyacinth. We did take a break from it, too, so that you would have the purple hyacinth. 
Oh boy. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens next week. I will see you all again on the other side. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> yes. Thank you for having us. Yeah. My pleasure. My heart's pumping. So be it. <laughs> Good night. Good night. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much to my current patrons, Susie, Lady Libris, Allie Cat, Lily, Jenny, Haley, One and Only Taco, Elizabeth, Maria, Molly, Veronica, Emily, Emily, Joe Rochelle, Dahlia, Saucy Tuggles, Meg, Anne Rose, Priya, and Alexa. Your support is much appreciated. Mm-hmm.